Hi, everyone. Last week was Vision Sunday, and I spoke about the vision for HTBB as we move eventually towards a period of rebuilding and renewal for the church and for our nation. And if you haven't watched the talk yet, you can catch up on our YouTube channel. And in that talk, I uh, mentioned how in the book of Nehemiah in the Bible, the exiled Israelites began to return to Jerusalem from Babylon. And I made the point that we've been digital exiles during this pandemic too. And how when they returned, the first thing that the exiles rebuilt was not the wall of the city, but rather the temple. You see, they understood that only with the worship of God at the center of society could the city flourish in the long term. And this must be our priority too, worship as we seek to rebuild and see renewal in our lives. And today we're going to look at a passage from the story in the book of Ezra, which comes uh, just before Nehemiah and which describes the beginning of the process of rebuilding the temple. In Ezra chapter three, they lay the foundations of the new temple. And so my talk today is entitled Foundations. This is Ezra chapter three, beginning at verse seven. Then they gave money to the masons and carpenters and gave food and drink and oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre so that they would bring cedar logs by sea from Lebanon to Joppa as authorized by Cyrus, king of Persia. In the second month of the second year after their arrival at the house of God in Jerusalem, so that's 538 BC, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Jeshua, son of Josadak, and the rest of their brothers, the priests and the Levites, and all who had returned from the captivity to Jerusalem, began the work, appointing Levites 20 years of age and older to supervise the building of the house of the Lord. Then verse 10, when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with their trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph with cymbals, took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. He is good. His love to Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple, they wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping, because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far away. Amen. So how do we lay the foundations of renewal in our lives, in our church and in our nation? Well, the first thing that we see is that worship and prayer are the foundations of the church. 
in verse 10 and 11, we read this. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with the trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph with cymbals, took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord. He's good, his love to Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. In other words, the laying of the physical foundation of the temple was accompanied by worship and praise. And likewise, the foundations of HTBB and our lives should be worship of the Lord. At the center of strong marriages, at the center of loving families, at the center of authentic friendships, at the center of growing businesses, at the center of a peaceful, flourishing society where there's equity for all and all are cared for is worship of Jesus. The single wisest thing that you can do is to prioritize at some point in your day worship of Jesus, whether that's reading his word, praying, listening to worship, declaring your praise to him, however you do it, some element of daily worship is the key to life. And earlier in Ezra chapter 3, we read how they'd already rebuilt an altar on the site where they would rebuild the temple. That's interesting. Why did they start with the altar before they'd even laid the foundations of the temple? Well, it's because the altar was where sin was dealt with. Years later, Jesus would look at the rebuilt temple and say, destroy this temple and I will rebuild it in three days. Of course, he was referring to himself as the temple, the very presence of God on earth. And thankfully for us, Jesus did die on the altar of the cross to deal with the sin of the world, your sin and my sin. He made the one perfect sacrifice. And after three days, he did rise from the dead. He's alive. And therefore, the process of renewal and rebuilding our lives begins by coming to him in repentance and accepting the forgiveness we now have because of Jesus's death and resurrection. You are forgiven. You are a new creation. As St. Paul says, the old has gone. The new you is now here. And when we grasp that, we respond to Jesus with gratitude and worship. And it's why we prioritize worship at HTBB. It's why we're launching these two worship EPs this year. First of all, uh, an English EP called Heaven's Anthem in October, and then uh, a worship EP in Mandarin in November. You know, there's a real need amongst churches for contemporary Mandarin Christmas worship. And that's why we're launching this EP to help catalyze worship in Chinese churches in Malaysia and beyond our borders. And prayer to the Lord is part of this foundation too. Thank you for praying so much. You know, we've just finished a 24-7 week of prayer. It makes a difference. You've made a difference. And it's why we always pray at the end of every service, come 
Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, the temple was not so much as how we understand modern churches today. It wasn't primarily a place for people to gather and worship. Yes, they did do that. But primarily, the purpose of the temple was as a place for God to dwell, a sacred space for God's presence. It was his home here on earth. And now with the death and resurrection of Jesus, the New Testament tells us that we are now the temple, one of living stones. God chooses to dwell with his very presence by his Holy Spirit in you and me. You see, therefore, to pray, come Holy Spirit, fill me with your presence, is not a selfish prayer. Rather, it is to lay the very foundation of rebuilding the temple here on earth. Renewal starts in here, the heart, and then it spreads to others. But we must first acknowledge the bankruptcy of our own heart, come back to the cross, receive his forgiveness, and ask to be filled with his spirit his presence, that he might dwell in his temple and begin renewal. And revival is when renewal goes viral. The second way in which we can lay the foundation of renewal is to appoint and release leaders. In verse eight, we read this. In the second month of the second year after their arrival at the house of God in Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Jeshua, son of Josadak, and the rest of their brothers, the priests and the Levites, and all who had returned from the captivity to Jerusalem, began the work, appointing Levites 20 years of age and older to supervise the building of the house of the Lord. Foundational to the work of rebuilding was to discover, develop, and deploy leaders. And we must do the same. Now, what does developing leaders look like in a Christian context? Well, Jesus shows us the perfect model. It simply means to invite someone along with you on a journey to serve them and to raise them up to be better than yourself. You know, Jesus recru recruited 12 disciples. He walked with them and told them to go and make disciples, teaching them to obey everything he had taught them. About three years ago, I was chatting to a friend of mine. He's a pastor uh, in the US called Todd Proctor. And he said, Miles, what's your dream for uh, your ministry and all that's happening in Malaysia? So I, I shared with him a little bit about the idea of building the Alpha Hub for the region, how we want to train and equip thousands of churches across Asia to help reach millions of people with the good news. I spoke about my dreams for HTBB and church planting and uh, all that we want to do with the college, SPTC. And he listened and said, Miles, that's great. And I am sure the Lord will do it. But then he said, might I also suggest one other goal, which might in the long term prove even more fruitful and impactful. I said, sure, what is it? And then he said just two words that 
blew my mind. He said, 20 better. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, why don't you make it your goal in your ministry to raise up 20 others that are better leaders than yourself? I thought, wow, this is a paradigm shift in my thinking of what legacy and multiplication in the kingdom of God really looks like. Now, personally, I think 20 is a little ambitious. Jesus just did it with 12 and one of those didn't work out, but you get the idea. So here's my question to you. Who can you be raising up? Now, if at this point you're thinking, well, how does this apply to me, Miles? I'm not a leader. Then I just want to ask you this one question. Can you serve others? And if you say, yeah, I think I can serve others, then I want to say you are a leader. Because in Christianity, leadership is not like it perhaps always looks like in the world. In Christianity, leadership means servant leadership. Jesus said, didn't he? He who wants to be the greatest must be the servant of all. And to see our vision turned into action, turned into reality, we need every single one of you praying and everyone serving. So please join a team at HTBB uh, or serve in your families, serve in your workplace, serve in your neighborhood. And our heart's desire is to disciple you and equip you. And the place where discipleship happens the most effectively is in community. So you could join a connect group and, and look out for our on leadership podcasts uh, happening again this month and lean into all the life of the church. I think you'll find that you'll grow more than you realize and keep your spiritual eyes open. See who around you that you could invite on this journey of servant leadership with you. The third way in which we lay the foundation of renewal and rebuilding is to ensure that the church is a place of emotional honesty and healing. In verses 12 and 13, we read this. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise. When the foundations were laid, the people responded in two ways, some with weeping and some shouting for joy. The older people who had known the earlier temple that was destroyed by the Babylonians, they wept tears of grief because of what had been lost. Whereas the younger people, they shouted for joy filled with hope of what was to come. And I think right now, both responses are totally valid and healthy. And what strikes me in this passage is how the people felt secure enough and safe enough to express how they felt. I mean, what an amazing way to bring healing to the community after the trauma of the exile. 
And HTBB is a safe place where I want us to be able to be emotionally honest with each other and be able to go through a healing process at this time. Now, for some of us, that might mean acknowledging all that we've lost or all that you've had taken from you during this pandemic. It might even mean weeping over it and then coming to a place of resolution, helped by the love of the community around you and by the love and hope of Jesus Christ. Will van der Hart and I uh, gave a couple of talks as part of our reset gatherings uh, last month called Navigating Change and Facing Grief. Do check them out on our YouTube channel. For others of us, this might mean uh, joy. It might mean a time of envisioning, a time of renewing hope and getting excited of what the Lord's about to do. And still for others, you might find that you're experiencing both of these emotions, both sorrow and joy. Actually, just this past week, I spoke to somebody and they said that was their experience. She said, I've never been so hopeful for what the Lord's about to do, but I've never found myself weeping so much. You know, that can be a sign of the Holy Spirit being upon you and working in you as well. The theologian Van Hooser said, the church is always poised between memory and hope. Today, we stand poised between memory, what was, and hope, what will be. And as such, you can embrace the full range of healing emotions that come with this. And know that you will be loved, you will not be judged, and that God is in the process, working through you to bring healing, renewal, and birthing hope. God works in all things for the good of those who love him. And then the fourth and final way in which we can lay the foundations of renewal is by giving. In verse seven, we read this. Then they, the people, gave money to the masons and carpenters and gave food and drink and oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre so that they would bring cedar logs by sea from Lebanon to Joppa as authorized by Cyrus, king of Persia. In spite of the fact that there was a famine in the land at that time, the people gave generously to enable the rebuilding of the temple. And then later we read in Nehemiah to also enable the rebuilding of the city. Thank you for being such a generous congregation. You might remember that recently we ran an appeal called Project India to help support 2,400 pastors and their families in three cities in India due to the terrible strain they're under due to this pandemic. And we did this in partnership with Alpha India. And your response has been amazing. We have raised $212,689 ringgit. Two thirds of this amount came from you, the HTBB congregation. And this translates into 1,000 PPE kits to help keep the pastors safe as they go around helping people in their community, and 1,400 grocery kits to help feed their families. On their behalf, I want to say thank you. What an astonishing difference you have made. 
And your generosity also enables our HTBB Food Bank to help make a difference in the lives of many. Since the beginning of the Food Bank in July 2019, we've now distributed over 7,500 family food packs, serving those in uh, refugee schools, six welfare homes, 11 neighborhood groups, PPR flats, and a rehab center. And the food bank serves both refugees and Malaysians, and both are equally important. In Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 18 and 19, we read this, that the Lord defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow and loves the foreigner, giving him food and clothing. And you are to love those who are foreigners, for you yourselves were foreigners in Egypt. In the year 258 AD, St. Lawrence was the deacon of a church at a time of persecution of Christians by the Romans. And Roman soldiers broke into St. Lawrence's church and demanded that he give them the riches of the church. And so St. Lawrence presented to, the to, presented to the soldiers all those who were poor, outcast, sick, the suffering, and he said to the soldiers, these are the true treasures of the church. Jesus said, didn't he, that when we serve the poor, when we serve the captive, when we serve the homeless, when we serve the sick, he said, then you're actually serving me. And in doing so, we encounter the love of God. You help make the food bank happen through the giving of your service, your time. 59 volunteers help make it happen. And if you wanna join in, please let us know. But you also help make it happen through your financial giving. And at this moment, we're able to support at least 238 families every month. But we have a waiting list. If we can raise an additional 165,000 ringgit, we'd be able to support not 238, but 550 families per month for six months. And the good news is not only do we make a difference to them, but giving is also good for us. It changes our hearts. It increases our faith. It's a practical demonstration of trusting God. And giving is the antidote to consumerism, and it leads to joy. Have you ever noticed that miserly people are miserable, whereas generous people always seem cheerful? Giving is a way in which we respond to all that Jesus has done for us. And we can offer him three sacrifices in return. The sacrifice of praise and worship, the sacrifice, the sacrifice of service, get involved, but also the sacrifice of giving as a form of gratitude. And for the business-minded people amongst us, uh, be reassured that giving to the church is the greatest investment you can ever make, as it's investing in something that cannot be shaken with eternal returns. You know, the whole world at this time, including the markets, cryptocurrencies, properties, it's all unstable and being shaken at this time. 
But Hebrews 12, verse 28, says that we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. On the cross, Jesus was shaken. He gave out a cry of dereliction. Darkness came over the land and the earth shook and the rocks split. Jesus was shaken so that we don't have to be. He died in order that we might live. And then three days later, the ground shook again. The stone was rolled away. But Jesus was not shaken because he was now alive. He is risen and he's building an unshakable kingdom. And he invites you and me to play a part in the most exciting building and renewal project on earth. So let's lay the foundations together as we all worship, as we all serve, and as we all give. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what we're going to do now is have an opportunity to give. I'm going to pray in a moment and then you can scan any of the QR codes that come up either uh, to give directly via the website or touch and go or, or grab pay. And, you know, I'm less um, focused on how much is given today. I'm more passionate about how many people give. Why? Because it's part of the discipleship process. If you give, it, it's good for your heart, your faith, and it's a way of saying, I'm in. I, I want to play a part in this vision. I'm part of this community. I want to have skin in the game, as it were. Now, I know this is a tough time. There is famine in the land, as it were. So please don't feel that you have to give. And, you know, some people, you might only just give a little. Others, you might be moved by the Spirit to, to give a lot. Some of you might be inspired to give to the work of Alpha. Uh, and evangelism and church planting. Others, it might be you're excited about the worship life of the church, giving to the online campus or all these EPs to record them. Others of you still, it, it might be that you're excited about discipleship and, and helping people grow through all that we do there and in the life of SPTC. Others still, that idea of giving to the food bank is what's gripping your heart those potentially 550 families we can help serve practically with the love of God. Just allow the Spirit in this moment to come and place his heart, his hand upon your heart and maybe whisper to you how much he'd like you to give. So come, Holy Spirit, would you come and speak to us? Show us the part that each one of us can play however big, however small, and might we be filled with joy as we give. Come, Holy Spirit. You might want to take out your phone and scan that QR code or, or do a plan to do a bank transfer later. Or maybe you want to give in kind your time, 
your prayers, your practical love to your neighbor, but to see revival, renewal in our land. We need every person praying, every person serving, and everyone giving. Thank you. The QR codes can stay up, but I'm just going to pray now for you. Just echo this prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. Would you fill my heart again and rebuild the temple with your presence inside me right now? Just receive. Thank you.